Welcome to another episode of Sokotra Talks. It's your host, Fahad. We have Councillor Mohammed Habib with us again. Alhamdulillah, who's taken his time out. He's a very, very, very busy man. Jazakallah khair for taking the time out. For those who didn't watch the previous episode, he's a psychotherapist and director at Habib Counseling, where he specializes in mental health and psychotherapy. Hey, Councillor, how are you doing? Alhamdulillah, I'm not too bad. And a mental mental health advocate, so I like to give yeah. training, try to talk about mental health in many places I can. I I did in universities, in normal general public places, um, in YouTube, you know. So for me, my my aim is to make mental health awareness in a way that because mental health is, as you said, is is well being, is everything mm. about. So it's not about only when you're broken, it's about when you want to be better than yourself, when you want to improve yourself. So we need to make it as common as going to the gym. I guess this, this episode is a bit of a follow-up from the previous one in which you sort of delved into the intricacies of mental health, why we should actually take it more seriously now more than ever. We spoke about some of the reasons why, not just me, but why it's so difficult as a Somali man to accept help and whether or not Somali men or whether we saw improvements in us accepting mental health and struggles and trauma. Now, counsellor, I want to start off by mentioning something and maybe you are best placed to give more depth to this. But it borders upon the idea that therapy is looked down upon or we take it as a bit of a joke and we don't see it as beneficial but when we look back, you mentioned it in the previous episode, like therapy, counsel, and they're all borderline, they're all very, very similar. And this actually was a practice of our pious predecessors to seek counsel in, with each other. And how damaging do you think it is to have such a negative mindset to stay away from this and to just, for the stigma to just continue, especially with Somali men? We have to look at it in the sense of, what kind of throw, throws us out of balance is when the perception that we have of reality is challenged in a way that we never really um, thought about it or, the, or we can take certain, certain truth to be our reality. And that when, when that truth is challenged, that's when, when, we, end, when we, we, we kind of, how do I say, end up, not able to move on, being stuck. And then because we're stuck, we end up developing habits which are basically, how do you say, judgmental to our own health and our own well-being. Now, there's a sense of, there's a brother I put in about, and he saw me in, in Facebook and he goes, you're, you're making men weaker. You're making men not strong, men crying. How, how, how can that make a man stronger? And you're seeing that his perception of manhood is about ignoring himself, ignoring what, what Allah has already put in there. 
iman iman is faith is is faith belief belief is built on basically on your on your emotions and those emotions will naturally develop into action speech um emotions and spirituality now what happens is when that is challenged from an outside influence you end up not having your iman into the right place this is how life really is now you uh, you cannot separate our faith from a somali person and most of the time is majority of us most of the time is society we live in goes against that now but we do not know we think faith is something which is just we 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 act upon it but it's is more than that faith is about every aspect of you now when you're not learning to think critically to able to there's a general statement and the specific statement mm-hmm. now prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when people came to them he will tell each person a different answer don't get angry like with the to two different people who wanted to get married yes. or yeah so the issue is us not willing to access our emotions is actually being unwise is unwise mm-hmm. is unsustainable it is it, it, it will break us in every single way when i was a youth worker and and as a youth for 10 years i sat there and i looked at our community and i saw the best of our community and those who were vulnerable in our community and the most resilient and those who were vulnerable mm. and i saw each and every one of them every family had the same issue and i realized there's something more to this than meets the eye and that's one of the reason i went to to become a psychotherapist but man was i i wasn't really realizing that i needed it more than anything else mm. he he caught me off guard <clears throat> now what we have to understand is if we do not understand and we cannot connect to the emotions and our thoughts and our feelings we cannot connect with anybody else we will we will carry that trauma we will live with our families but we're always going to be absent because we can never be our, our our true self and true wisdom besides the religion comes from the person who contemplates the person who looks within himself you know it is damaging is not only damage to the the person himself but is damage to the whole society because true strength has nothing to do you able to cry or not able to cry has ha, is to do with sometimes actually if you're able to cry and show your emotions you're able to handle that situation a lot better because your needs have been met but if you're not able to sh- access your emotions you will run away from that situation and you will cause chaotic and be defensive and you know make excuses because you that it overwhelms you because you didn't learn how to build your resilience you didn't learn how to able to be uncomfortable with yourself so you cannot think properly so actually learning how to do with our emotions can actually make us better thinkers um, people who actually can can hold conflicting situation and decisions and understand what emotions are because you cannot separate the emotion from a person actually You mentioned that it would be unsustainable. Yeah. For us, but what do you say to some of us who look at our parents and say, "But you know what? Our parents were okay." Really? Would you say that? Would you say that about Somali parents? Look at the broadcast that we did. Look at how many young people angry with their own parents. Is that is that really realistic? Mm. Look at the divorce rate of our parents. Look at the older our parents are getting, the more divorced they're getting. only thing that kept them in, in common was the kids once the kids are not there 
there was nothing for them to be in the marriage for. Thank you very much. That's all I can say. Is that sustainable? Councillor, from our people, as we touched base last week, counselling, seeking counsel and therapy, and being in tune with your emotions, and this was, this was common before. People hundreds of years ago were better equipped to deal with mental health more than we are. So where do you think that the disconnect happened with us and why? Was it the impact of the war in Hammer? Was it unhealed trauma from that? Was it financial struggles? Was it coming to a country in which they couldn't truly acclimatize and integrate into the community? What do you think was... All the above. Mm. All the above is you come in, the trauma of our, of our country being destroyed, killed, you know, parents being killed. You know, I was, I was, I was playing football and the guy said, it is, what, what did they say? Like a man, he saw people eating dead, you know, like basically carcasses, children and mothers eating carcasses because of poverty. He, he saw that with his own eyes. Do you know what I mean? Um, the, 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 the way we're dishumanized all over the world, the way we have no passport, we can't travel, we have no sense of true confidence within ourselves. Coming to this country, not able to um, climatize themselves, everything that our culture and everything else is almost in conflict in some ways with the culture of, of Britain. What I mean is by we, we were supposed to eat halal, we're supposed to not, not have sex before marriage, we're supposed to cover ourselves, men can wear no shorts. It's like everything is a challenge, but yet we need to find our own way to adapt. Um, the poverty, we, we live in a council flats where we're overcrowded, not because we're lazy, because of the situation. We have no generational support for us to be. Our parents still sending money back home because they're in a survival mode, and we're seeing our parents. And a lot of us are resentful towards that because we're thinking, that money could have come to us. I'm struggling here and you're sending money back home because we can't see that at least the parents see, at least you can eat, but your cousin back home cannot eat. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Again, um, you know, overcrowded racism, which is which we don't even understand what that is. A person from Somalia doesn't really understand what racism is until you come to Britain. One of my um one one of the young persons said he he came from Holland or it was one of them Scandinavian country, but he lived in all white people, all, all white. And he never knew that he was different until he came to Britain because he started seeing different people and he got scared of that. And then he realized, oh my God, I actually was dealing with racism prior. I don't know what racism is now. And there's so many things that we can't even translate or understand. There's so many different cultures and layers of issues that we're dealing with. We don't even... We can't even process, brother. Like, we're going to our cousins from different countries. They've got completely different culture to us because where they grew up. So there's so many diasporas and issues with each country. And, and so it's not so much as... When you look at statistically now, when, you, when the coronavirus was happening, because of poverty, lack of housing, racism, all of these issues affecting the black ethnic minority. And we are Muslim on top of that. It affects us even harder for us. So why would mental health not be a problem for us? Our parents are working 12-hour shifts and they come home and he's exhausted. The mother was in the kitchen the whole day with about six, seven kids. She's exhausted. He's exhausted. The mother feels resentment to the father and the father is resentment to the mother. 
but because they cannot even understand fathom the situation they were in. Why would not have, the question is, we're lucky some of us were not damaged severely and we can, we can actually, can we, manage to we can manage, we're the lucky ones. Yeah. We're the lucky ones. We're the old one, not the ones who are smoking weed. They're not the old one. Huh? When you look at statistics, statistics says every single one of us should be actually struggling. So the question is, why, why don't we say counseling? The question is, why not? I remember when I started therapy, at a certain point in my life, when I was at a crossroads and I didn't really understand the value of life, I felt like I wasn't living a life where I was completely honest with myself. Mm. And, you know, you, you can generally tell when you feel fulfilled with some of the things that you do in your life. Mm. I wasn't feeling any of that. I think that, and when certain things weren't going right and I was tested with certain things, I felt like that was my outlook for me. I really needed to understand the bigger picture of things. How do you know when you need to seek counsel? How do you know when you need therapy? Is there a certain trigger point? Does someone need to go when they're overflowing with issues? Or The main reason if you know that you're coming back to the same spot over and over again, mm. when you feel like you're not okay, in general, the way you feel about yourself, when when you feel like you 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 can't cope with life, when and on top of that, when you have very negative relationship with yourself, define negative. Negative relationship that you're always blaming yourself. Like I'm an idiot. Why did I do that? I shouldn't have done that. This is the issue that's going on. I'm always doing silly stuff. I cannot stand up to people. These are negative thinking. These are this just this just makes you. Um, you're just eating yourself, like beating yourself in a bat. So when you, you when you get so overwhelmed that you can't even think yourself out of situations, and when you overthink a situation worse than what it is, when you overreact situations what it's supposed to be, when you're always thinking, when you're always looking things from one extreme or the other extreme, and sometimes you make an action because you think this is the action that I want to do, you act quickly, and then the action doesn't really resolve. So you're always in a situation or spiral, you're feeling out of control and the situation is not getting better, it's only getting worse. And sometimes when you know that the thing that you're, you're, the thing that you're actually trying to recharge or you to get back to is not helping and it's not working anymore, it doesn't matter what that might be, then you need to seek counselling. Um, if you're actually feeling like, I know what I want to do, I know where I want to go, but I'm kind of stuck a little bit. It doesn't mean that you're out of control, but you're just, you're just stuck in general life then you need counseling. So counseling is for everyone. When you really want to know that you're used to certain way of thinking of dealing with, for example, people that deal with businesses and go to business, they know how to make money. But sometimes what it does to that, it makes you, when, you, when you're so much into the workforce, it can disattach from you from your friends and your family and everything else. You have this mindset of work like, Yes, mm. no, this. Sometimes, and you need to come out of that environment and discharge. So sometimes it's about, just like when you use a phone and you know that you're using your phone a lot longer than you're supposed to, you need to detoxing from doing that. This counseling does that. So when you need to kind of like restart your life, re yeah. reevaluate your life, re kind of like um, rejuvenate yourself, um, trying to use different tools to like critical thinking, boundaries, you know, self-love, you know, emotional literacy, and these are th and more, more importantly is that what we forget, when you're emotionally literate, life becomes so sweet. Are you talking about in terms of the choices that you make or is it with your relationships with your parents? Everything. Your That's everything. You can't separate emotionally from anything from life. 
as I said before, tell me one situation where you don't have emotions in your life. Now I'm going to I'm gonna be here thinking for 10 minutes. Okay, so, so there yeah. isn't one. So the question is, if that is the case, then why do we not spend time to, to invest on ourselves? We start from primary school, secondary school, whatever you, for 10, 20 years just to work for somebody. But we don't even have time to just sit down and contemplate and look out on ourselves, understand how we operate, how we work, what triggers us, what actually harmed us, how how do we how how do we see the world, how do we perceive ourselves, how does our subconscious work? You know, we need to be able to understand because once you understand yourself, sky's the limit, brother. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think one of the reasons why we don't really look at these is because in general, I'll put it down to two. We've become a people that have lost the ability to critically think. Mm. And maybe due to various factors, but especially in places like the West where time goes so quickly. I'm even looking at the timer right now. We've spoken for 20 minutes and it feels like two. Mm. But time, especially in the West where it is designed for your life to be around work. I'd probably say the most important or probably the biggest reason as to why we don't seek it or we don't work on emotional literacy is value. It's the same reason why a lot of us have not really memorized the Quran or try to like really try to get the sweetness or even work or maintain our relationships with our parents is because of the value. We don't see the value that it has in the long run. That is lack of critical thinking. Now, if you imagine if you knew what's stopping you from your salah, deep down, mm. why you're coming back, why you're not memorizing the Quran, why you're coming back to the same place every single day. If you know the reason why, the little triggers that happen that you don't realize, if you knew what, what that was, you were able to switch those triggers before they can actually have a bigger impact in your life sometimes we need to go through this for us to understand ourselves now the reason people don't don't, don't value counseling is if you want a better relationship with your family if you want a better relationship with yourself if you want a better relationship with your um with your community that is when you don't have a good relationship with yourself you don't have a good relationship with other people now yeah, this is this is again we we don't see that that what everything around us, the way the society is, the way we perceive society is how we perceive ourselves. If we can change the perception that we have ourselves, the way we perceive our reality internally, the externally will normally automatically change. But we think we have to change externally for internally to change, and that's the wrong way around to perceive life. You know, I, I, generally tr I generally look at myself and I realise that from a young age or for as long as I've known, I never really had much guidance. So the ability to navigate through certain situations, especially as I got older, was so difficult, mm. so difficult. Mm -hmm. And I realised that looking back, I would have benefited so much from that nurturing male figure it's almost like being that second father to you, especially mm -hmm. when a lot of our dads, some of our dads just weren't available emotionally. And knowing what the Somali male in the West and particularly in the UK goes through um, growing up, at what point do you think it's best to recommend someone, okay, you know what, you need counselling, you need advice, you need therapy here? You know what? I was having a conversation with my dad a couple of days ago and we were talking about relationship and women and all of that. And... My dad was, he said something which kind of caught me off guard. I, I was telling him about when I go, when I was married and my wife was pregnant, 
Mm. And trust me, it caught me off guard because I didn't know what was going on with her. Yeah. I didn't know that she was pregnant. And I'll go to my dad and my dad would be like, just be patient. Just be patient. But what you is patience? What? That was it. And I'm losing. I was angry with my dad. I actually told him, I said, dad, I was angry with you. You're just telling him to be patient. But I didn't know how to be patient. What does it mean? And, and my dad said, brother, that's exactly how it was with your mother. And I went, what do you mean? He goes, he said, I was, uh, before you were born, I was in the same state. Then you, you came about and I was like, okay, let me hold on to this child. Mm. And then let me hold on to the next child. He said, this is how it happened. It's a domino effect. He said, he said, this is how a lot of men stay in relationship. But I was thinking in my mind, I was going crazy because my wife was, and he said the same thing as my mother goes, when she was pregnant, I didn't know what was going on with her. Now, and she didn't tell me, but with me is my wife didn't even know she was pregnant. And I said, Dad, but you know, actually, the hardest time in marriage is the first three kids or the first five years. And I said, if people can pass that stages, they're more likely their marriage to actually mm, continue. Yeah. And then he said, but Miami, if a woman only got two children and a brother is working, I think, why, why would a woman actually moan? And this is what I said to him. I said, Dad, but that young woman or that young lady, how her body's been torn apart. Her mind is not in the right place. Her reality has changed beyond measure. She is weaker and she doesn't have the strength or the capacity to actually fathom what's going on because her reality, what you're thinking, has really, really collapsed. And I said, this is why after the five years, woman can hold her own because now she knows what is going on. She has a point of reference. She understands this. And my dad looked at me and he said, you know what? He said, because you're a psych psychotherapist, you are actually analyzed this and looked at this. Because he never thought about it. Because he just assumed when a girl is young and she's got one or two kids, she should be able to handle it. And I see a lot of brothers do that. And a lot of brothers said, okay, if a girl is a one or two, why do I need to help her? But the brother, what you don't understand is she is not herself anymore. She, she goes cars inside and out. And another angle of that I never realized until someone was speaking to me was when you're in Somalia or when your wife is pregnant, mm. you have your maid, you have your mum that's there, you have your cousins, your aunties, but here everyone's in their own chamber. It's just you, the wife and the kid. So it's 10 times more difficult, even as a guy, sometimes you like, you don't even deep it just to like kind of take the load off her a bit. No, because we don't see like, we kind of see like if a sister's sitting on a mobile phone or a sister is, is, is just chilling, you're thinking, and you're coming from where she's sitting down, you're thinking, oh my God, she's just sitting down. I've been at work the whole day. But what you don't understand is even when she's sitting down, she is not off. She doesn't have a time she can completely switch off. Her mind is still working. Mm. Imagine if, if I tell you, be at work for 20 hours, or you can sleep and wake up. Would you really feel like that sleep is a rest sleep? So. I work for 20 hours. But that 20 hours, you can sleep sometimes when the, the work is a little bit less. And a boss comes in and he sees you just woke up having a cup of tea and he tells you, by the way, you haven't worked really. But you what do you mean? I haven't rested either. I'll tell him Bahsar. Exactly. So why is it okay for us to say to a sister like that? Mm. We don't understand. 
we still measure this stuff from our parents' perspective. A sister's on the moment she comes out from the hospital, I don't care if she has two weeks with her mom, she still has to come back home, look after that baby, wake up in the night. She still, her mind will take two years for, for her, her, her emotional, her hormones to be balanced out. We don't, again, we don't see, again, sisters, vibes with the sisters. They see the brother, he started working. He's thinking, how am I going to pay the rent the next one year? He's thinking, how am I going to provide the next two years? And again, the sister's thinking, oh my God, he's not the same guy. But you don't understand the pressure that he has in his mind. Sister, so we don't, the reason we are like that, we lack empathy. But if we had emotional literacy, we can able to understand and communicate when we're overloaded. But when we're overloaded, we go back to the animal instinct, who we really are. So we all all think about me, 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 me. But because we, we, and for you to able to come out of that, you need to be able to sit down and eloquent how you feel, to be vulnerable, to say, sister, I know you're in, you're going a lot, but I'm going a lot. How can we meet halfway? And letting go. Sometimes you have to work part-time because you know what? Money and everything. You're going to lose your family over work. And then you're going to be depressed. Why are you working to provide for your family? These are kind of decisions that counseling help you with that most of the time we don't even talk about it. Because our parents never shown us anything, brother. They're just showing us smile, oh good, who is driving ourselves to the, you know, to yeah. grinding ourselves down. That is grinding themselves <laughs> down and we think we're happy life. No. Our parents don't even show us how the struggles they're in. Mm. I never do that. I, w- I will never do that with my kids. I will tell them when I'm tired. I'll tell them when I'm exhausted. I'll tell them when I'm afraid so they know this is normal. But who told us? That's why we can't function. Like speaking about the topic of marriage, you know, I was literally thinking about another question that you asked me. Would you marry someone who basically had a mental, mental illness? And yeah. I was, I was starting. I cannot blame you for that because we always gonna, we can always think things is easier, and and as long as it's out there, it doesn't affect us. But once it affects us now, the unspoken comes in. We we kind of think about. Remember the question you asked me about. Um, if um, why would their father let their, their daughters wear not wear masr and khamar and all of this mm. and not practice? I said, but it's a lot, it's a lot harder when you have your own kids. A lot harder when you're in it. You're gonna have to think about if even if the, the child misbehaves in a certain way, which is beyond your measure. You have to think about certain things where I'm, me doing this is gonna harm this person more or less. What is the benefit for this? Even though, so again, when you're in, it's easier to kind of say, if I'm a parent, this is how I'm going to do, this is how I'm going to act. It's easier to say that. Actually, bringing that point, um, I remember a brother of mine, a friend of mine, he, he, when, I, when I was married, had two kids, and he said, brother, we grew up together. He said, if I ever get married, my wife, she will actually be on point. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I'll put the timetable on the fridge. I will tell her, this is what we do. This is how we do it. This how we... Listen, I'm not going to do this crazy stuff that you're doing and everything yeah. else. I looked at him and said, me and you cannot have a conversation, brother, because you're not married. Once you're married, me and you are going to have a conversation. Brother, this guy went to a hard. His wife was going to uni. He had a baby. Oh, my God. Afterwards, second baby came in. I asked him now, hey, and don't, don't forget, his wife, while she was pregnant, she was going to uni with two babies and everything else. And I asked him a question. Said, he said, the wisest thing I ever heard. I hear this more often now. He said, tell me about marriage. Because, brother, even when I'm winning, I'm losing. I looked at him. 
Mm. I didn't stop. I said, tell me what you mean by even when you're winning, you're losing. He goes, Ach, imagine that my decision is 100%. I will let go of 75% of where I stood and I'll give to the wife. And I'll only remain with 25%. And the wife still thinks that I was making the decision. But really, she, I let go of 75%. And I said, you know what? Now you know what marriage is. And this is the thing that we do not understand, brothers and sisters. This is emotional literacy. So somebody, if you haven't been in that situation, you can make all, we can have this mentality that this is the way it's supposed to be. And once we're married, we, we act like that. And once we're in a relationship with other people, we have a certain assumptions that it's supposed to be a certain way. But if you don't have that critical thinking, you don't evaluate and think outside the box, you'll only cause more chaotic. And you see your life is not moving forward, but you don't know why. Because we are products of our environment. And obviously starting therapy and starting counseling is very, 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 very difficult. And I know that obviously as a Somali guy, opening up to a man isn't the easiest thing. And I kind of liken that experience to when you're trying out new shoes. Mm. Obviously, mm. you have to break into them and you do feel that uncomfort, that pain, you know, you're trying to break in. You have blisters on your feet, but after a while, you realize you're starting to walk and your foot kind of molds into that shoe. And like, you're not even walking, sometimes you're gliding. So mm. that uncomfortability that was once there is sort of replaced by a strength and a sort of mental Sympathy. fortitude. Yeah, that you never thought that you'd have. And mm. it's because... You're not really afraid of actually confronting your emotions. It's going to be a lot more personal than I thought it was, but <laughs> one of one of the benefits of psychotherapy, like connecting your thoughts and your emotions to certain traits and your habits. And I remember, I'm not sure if I mentioned this to you. I was able to link a trait of mine due to the way I was treated, not just by my parents, but siblings. So there was a certain sibling who people would always compare that sibling to me, whether it was to do with looks, whether it was to do with who could memorize the Quran quicker, who was getting better grades at school, at college. And, you know, sometimes, you know, Somali is like, we're very quick-witted. And sometimes mm. we got, we haven't got no chill. Because of that, I used to have a bit of resentment for that sibling. And that resentment, that gave me a sort of compet competitive nature. So it almost felt as if, when I was studying or like whether it was something so big or something so small, I wanted to beat that person at it. And not just beat that person, but just humiliate that person. And that was doing two things. The first thing that I was doing was the resentment for that sibling just kept increasing and it kept increasing and it kept increasing. But there was resentment for family members dishing those comments out. But at the end of the day, that sibling, I was punishing that sibling who had nothing to do, with, in the grand scheme of things, had nothing to do with it. But yeah, that's the benefit of connecting the two for me because I was able to look at the injustice that I done on my side and just accept things for and the injustice what they were. done to you as well. Yeah, the injustice that was done for me. I think the injustice done for me is something that I was able to accept. It was easier for me to accept because I realized that the people that were doing it, they just weren't critical thinkers and they weren't emotionally intelligent. So even if I explained to them, they just didn't really understand what they were doing in the grand scheme of things. So in in reality. You're in a position of black and white. Yeah. But by the end of it, you saw there was a lot more... So many more colours. So many colours. So yeah. again, that's what counselling does. It's not... It doesn't give you a straight answer sometimes, mm. but it gives you how the world, the re things that you cannot see. And it's about accepting. I remember when I was in counselling, and I remember sometimes I go to, to, to my counsellor, 
and I will explore things. And when we stop there, I, I would want answers and mm. I will leave there thinking, but I wanted answers and I'll be angry and I'll come back the next time and I'm actually talking about the answers myself. And I look back and he goes, well, you got the answers. And I'll be so surprised with myself. And I, will, I look back, I laugh about it now. But that is what it does. It gives you that time to process, to sit down with your emotions, to sit down with uncomfortable feelings, to, you know, to able to analyze and come to your own answers. If there's no right or wrong answers about what you're comfortable with, you know. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that, I'm the oldest in my family, one of the things that, the question that changed out of everything is, when my counselor said to me, if you're the cog that moves the whole the whole system, what happens if you break? I don't know why, but I was able to take that in because after I talked about my emotions, after I talked about how I felt, after I talked about the responsibility that was on my shoulders, that was, that was able for me, I was able to take that in. But generally, I couldn't even see, for me personally, that I was taking beyond my, what I could carry. Now, I didn't go into counseling thinking I needed counseling. I went mm-hmm. to counseling because of part of the course. But afterwards, I was like, oh my God, I benefited more than the whole course than I could give anyone else. So when I say counseling, it's not something that is only for other people. I believe it helped me. It helped my family. It helped the ways I raised my kids. It helped the way I, I, I pursue, I view society. It is not something that you can, you know, when you learn maths, it's only specific. Some people can say maths is, is, is everything to do with the world, is to do with math. But if you learn a, a, a certain subject, it's only to do with that subject. But when you talk about counseling or when you do psychotherapy or when you do these kind of, um, these kind of education, a, if somebody really, really, truly explores prof- properly, that is life. It's not something mm-hmm. that you can separate it from you. You look at the challenges that comes to you every single day. No, it's just... Like I look at certain behaviors that I have to this day in my nature and my traits and my characteristics, some which may be good, but some which may not be good. It literally stems from certain events, certain past. things that were said yes. to me, certain choices that other people made towards mm. me. And it wasn't until I just sat down and thought about things and I went through therapy and then I realized there's a lot to, there's a lot to unpack from this. But I realized that if I didn't unpack from this, that was the anchor that was going to stop me moving forward in all facets of life yeah 100 percent. and you know we all have we all have certain things that 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 change our perception of reality or that we pursue how we see life and that subconscious is what drives us every day we don't mm. realize that every decision that we make every fear that we have every you know decision that we make is influenced by our past one way or another including our present but we're gonna, if we don't know where we're coming from, we never know where we're going. And, you know, we all have a certain, you know, I never grew up in education environment. I was a survivor most of my life. I'm dyslexic. So for me, education was something beyond attainable because of my dyslexia, because of my background. So I, I took that perception that I'm not clever enough. I'm not dumb enough. I'm too, I'm too dumb because everybody kind of said education is not you you know, because you find struggle in reading and writing and everything else. But my family never knew what dyslexia was. You know, I only did that as an adult to able to understand that. And once I was able to accept that and say to myself, I might be dyslexic, dyslexia is not going to determine who I am. 
I might be who I am, but it's not going to determine my future. So again, it's about if you if you don't sit with the uncomfortable feeling, you don't you don't even know if you're not even asking the right questions, you can't even get the right answers. I never knew that was dyslexic, so I couldn't really find the right answer to come up because it defined who I was. Now it might be very small for certain people, but for me, I think it wasn't that small. So in everybody, it's not as simple as you, there's one thing that we need to explore. It. It's not about you have to be completely broken for you to come to counseling but we all have certain things that we need to overcome we all have certain insecurity that we need to overcome we all have certain things that define who we are that actually impacts our reality and we need to able to come to terms with that for us to be completely where we need to be to realize our self-actualization in other words words like self-esteem critical thinking and resiliency the all words that we're familiar with but in terms of actually deeping it and realizing what it actually means it's far and few between could you explain why is it so essential for the somali man especially the somali man to have positive feelings about himself in a way that transcends towards the people around him you know the ayah that i always tell you none of you truly believe until you love for your brother which you love for yourself if you don't know what you love for yourself, how can you love for your brother? We need to, if we don't know how to show ourselves self-love, how are we going to show self-love to our wives, our, our partners, our children, our fathers? How are we supposed to show empathy? And you cannot get to that point. I'm not saying like you do something wrong and then you don't take accountability, but you do something wrong, but you look at it in a way, okay, how can I not do this again? How can, what, what led me to do with this? What is the situation? How do I think? What is my thinking process? How, you don't get to A to B into one day. There's a process that you go through. And what counseling does is to help you with that process, to change your mindset. What I normally say to most, um, what counseling does, if you, if, you, if you really want to look at it is, everything in your life will change and nothing will change. Remember when I said that to you? Yeah, but I forgot the meaning of that. I'm trying to figure out what it means. Everything now. in your life will change and nothing will change. Do you mean as in the lens that you look at life and changes, but it doesn't mean that the lens of other people's the reality, the reality change, change. But your internal your reality, your yeah. perception will change. And that's what counseling does. And once you internally you change, externally doesn't really matter. But I'm okay with that though, because I think for me the biggest thing for me was to be able to understand life. Because you know when you don't understand, it kind of feels like you're just trapped or you're boxed in. Exactly. And that's what counsel makes you understand the reality mm. in your own perspective. What you make with that is down to you. So if you really want to grow, the successful ones are those who contemplate. You know what I mean? The successful ones are those who contemplate. We need to able to be people who contemplate, people who are, who, are, who are not uncomfortable to sit down and process. We're not thinking about irrational thinking. We're thinking about able to, to see what you can live with and what you cannot live with. And able to look at that kind of process and, and able to see what's the difference between being angry, being sad, being vulnerable. What's the difference between all of that? And able to make a decision what we're willing to live with, not only in the present, but in the future. And once we can able to understand that, mm. you know, we can make decisions. You know, I have I have sisters that come in 
and say, you know what, I'm not willing to get married at this age or this age. And I asked them a simple question. I said, okay, fine, but are you willing not to have kids? So that's a process that you need to think about. You need to weigh that into the equation as a woman. Because at the end of the day, you do have, it might be unfair, it might be, but you something that you need to think about it of you have a certain time to have children. Yeah. You're going to have to look at how the society perceives a woman, how we perceive women in a sense mm -hmm. of what does a man want to marry? What, what the kind of woman does a matter? What age would they do? Desirability. Um, desirability. Yeah. You, you cannot take yourself out of that equation. You know, mm -hmm. I see young men who, who, for example, do all of these things and do whatever they want to do, and then but they don't think about it. People don't forget what you're doing. People don't remember what you're doing. So next time when you're asking a, a woman hand in marriage, you're not going to get it, mm -hmm. and it's going to be because of your past. You can blame every other reason, but you need to take realistically that your past has made this situation. Other things that people don't think about is how will my past affect my future tomorrow? How would that affect my relationship with people tomorrow? So these are kind of thinking that sometimes you don't really think about it. once you come to counseling, you're able to see and explore things that you normally wouldn't explore or wouldn't even think about it in a deeper context. I think it's amazing that you touched on that last theme. We were laying out the episodes and one of the things I was saying to him was the season, the main theme centers around accountability i feel like we live in this era where there is just a complete lack of it yeah and we no longer because we no longer have to answer not only to other people but we don't even have to answer to ourselves and the moment you start to lie to yourself is the moment you just deprive yourself from living a life of peace and contentment 100 mm, wanting to go to therapy do you think that comes with any prerequisite oh yeah i'll put that yeah i'll put that in on the what do you have to come with? Um, I think one thing you have to come with is trust the process. Mm. Let go of control. Um, trust that what will be will be. In other ways, trust Qadr. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, this will work, but what, how, how it will come out, how it will, what the answer will be, what the, what the result will be, nobody knows. You do not know because... You are like a flower who's blossoming. How are you going to blossom mm. and when you're going to blossom and what day you're going to blossom and how long it's going to take you, you do not know. So you need to trust that process of your own self. You need to trust your gut um, and just take one day as it comes. I think that's one of the one first thing that you need to come. Secondly, but the most importantly is consistency. Mm. To be consistent and to let go of control. So even sometimes you feel like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but you'd be amazed once you come to the session, you've got so much to talk about. I remember when I went to counseling, it's like, I'll make a plan of what I need to talk about, this and that, and I'm in there, and I never covered any of the thing I thought about. <laughs> but somehow you still needed it. That is I'm truly that. what I needed. So whatever, that, that's the way to kind of look at process. So the way, the more you let, let go of control, and if you can able to let go of control in counseling, you're able to let go of control outside of counseling. Mm. And what happens is the more you let go of control, the more control you gain. It's weird. But you gotta people don't understand that. Yeah. That is the freedom you get. Because what anxiety is most of the time is you're trying to control the future that doesn't exist. doesn't even exist. Or well, that's not even come yet. Exactly. Or you're regretting the past already happened. But you're forgetting the present. 
So once you, the present mean, live in the moment. The best you can be is yourself. The results is not under your control. All you can do is to do what you feel like is right. Let go of everything else. This is not only getting closer to you and you and you, that is, that is a sense of believing yourself, but you end up believing in Allah in the process because you came with the right basically tools. It's funny that you um, mentioned being in the present. One of my favorite, recently my favorite basketballer actually, Yanis. I remember one of the guys was asking him. Normally, basketball players they spend the last stages of their career figuring out and putting their ego to the side but you've learned it from a young age and Allah, I'll never remember I'll never forget it that when you focus on your past uh, that's your ego then oh you know what I did this I did I scored all these points I won all of these rings the more, more you dwell on your past your ego kind of inflates when you focus too much on your future and that's your pride talking or oh, I'm going to do this when the finals come I'm going to start to do this I'm going to be recognized as this and what you meant by that was focusing too much on that sort of future that you want to build it kind of builds that unhealthy level of pride yeah because what you do is exactly what you said you start to see yourself solely responsible and you find it the ability to let go of things that are not in your control becomes really really difficult so yes. then he said when you focus on the present then that's humility that's being grounded and living in the moment because one of the things you even start to do is you look at you look at the world in awe of things around you, you start to really, really deep things and appreciate things for how they are. So I completely, I completely, completely resonate with um, being present in the moment, not dwelling on things um, in the past, not thinking too much about the future and just having... Doing your best. Yeah. And the best you can be is yourself. So, yeah. You know what I mean? As long as you try your best, you are the best and the best that you can be is yourself. And once you do all of that, the rest of it, you trust in Allah destiny what will be will be and but to have those processes to able to think like that and to act like that you need to able to go through a process of change a, pro a process of kind of like really letting go of the baggage that you carry mm. whatever that might be letting go those things that was imposed upon you you know that was unnecessary those identities which are not really healthy for you so once and you make new identity, new way of processing, new way of seeing who you really are, and that and and change, you you always change every day that comes in. There's new challenges, new life, new experiences, and you will change. And we need to be fluid in life, just like water. Water is the most powerful thing on this planet, but yet the most flexible, fluid thing that you can have. We need mm. to able to have that fluidity. That as Bruce said, you put in a cup. You become a cup. You put water in a pot. You become a pot. You know what I mean? We need yeah. to have that. Yeah. You know that kind of like a fluidity in life. Mm. And life is way too short to not be honest about who what you are. you are, who you are, what you've been through as a person, what you lack, and most importantly, what you need help with. Just be honest with yourself. Allowing yourself to be completely, completely vulnerable, mm, um, and I can't stress, even though it's the most one of the most difficult things in the world, being present when processing trials and adversity, in order to learn from it and grow from it, it's the most difficult thing in the world, but it's the most rewarding. Hundred percent. Quite a deep episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I do again want to thank you, counselor. 
for your time it's not easy because you've got a very very busy schedule but this was extremely beneficial for me anyway because it made me go maybe take a trip back to memory lane and if my sibling you know the problem is if my siblings listen to this <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> conversations <laughs> you know uh, what that's you know what sometimes those uncomfortable situations makes us become closer to one another yeah good luck yeah thank you again to all of the listeners for tuning in we're releasing episodes every other mondays so follow us on twitter instagram keep up to date with the episodes on apple and spotify and as always we'll see you on the next episode before we go i just want to say one thing if anybody got triggered by this conversations of this topic don't suffer in silence you know seek help um don't lose hope don't despair there's always a brighter day there's always a light at the end of the tunnel through every hardship there's ease you know a lot doesn't burden you more than what you can handle so just trust yourself take some steps one day at a time and whatever you're going through is gonna pass whatever situation you're in it is going to pass so have hope and um i wish you all the best and best wishes inshallah assalamu <laughs> Yeah, <laughs>